All right. Call me in order. We're back to order. All right. Yes. Thank you, Commissioners. Okay. We just had a closed session under the General Provisions Article, Section 3305B1 for Boards and Commissions and Personnel. And I believe we did um, agree on some, or you agreed on some appointments yep. to Boards and Commissions? Tab 5, buddy. Yep. So first we had the Administrative Charging Committee. Yep. I move to appoint Tom Barry and Jane Vesris to fill the vacancies on the Administrative Charging Committee. Second. Motion to second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0. That motion carries. Okay. All right. Next we have the Board of Appeals for the Board of, Board of Zoning Appeals. Okay. I move to appoint Michael Lesnowski as a voting member and Scott McGlashan as the number, first, excuse me, first alternate to serve a term uh, till December 31st, 2025. And then the second alternate. And then the second, second alternate. alternate. Patty. I'm sorry. Yes. And the second alternate would be Teresa. Oh, no. Uh, Patty. Patty Coons. Coons. Yes. Patty Coons. And again, her term would expire December 31st, 2025. Second. Sorry about that. Motion second. Any discussion? All right. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right. 5-0. That carries. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Next, we have the Ethics Commission appointments. I move to reappoint Valerie Hirsch and Karen Salisbury to fill the vacancies on the Ethics Commission these terms will expire on December 31st, 2027. Second. Motion to second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right. All right. Thank you, Commissioners. And our final board tonight is the Plumbing and HVAC Board. I move to reappoint uh, Robbie Pardo and Zeke Warner to fill the vacancies on the Plumbing and HVAC Board. These terms will expire on December 31st, 2025. Second. All right. Motion to second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right. 5-0. Carries. All right. Great. Thank you, Commissioners. Okay. We can move into uh, our presentations for this evening. Uh, first up, we have Ms. Heather Tonelli, the Director of Economic and Tourism Development for Economic Development Week <laughs> Proclamation. He'll get it right one day, right? <laughs> All right, Heather. Good evening, and, and thank you for having me. And I'll make sure that this is short and sweet because we feel like every week is economic development week in Queen Anne's County. So our de department focuses on economic and tourism development. Um, and we have a great team. I just wanted to, to say their names because they, we definitely wouldn't be able to accomplish all that we have without them. Um, we have uh, Angela that works the front desk. Many of you have seen her. She's our visitors uh, center support. We have Lisa uh, Gallo, who's our office coordinator. Uh, Connie Dean, who's our CTE liaison. Um, April Plummer, who is new to our team. She's our marketing person. And then we have uh, Rebecca Clark, who is our economic development coordinator. Without them, we couldn't accomplish all that we do. Um, so I'm very thankful to have them. I thought you'd be interested to, to hear my, my little story. Um, back in 1993, I was actually an intern for the economic development department here in Queen Anne's County. I was a junior in college. 
uh, reached out back then. There was, I think Amy Coleman was the director and Susie Akel Ford was the, um, worked with her. So that's almost 30 years so later. What year, what, what year was it? I believe 19, I graduated college in 94. So 93, my okay. junior year. Um, figure out how old you are right now. Right? No, let's not do that. But long story short is back then, um, I, I never thought I would be here today and I'm, I'm very thankful to, to have this job almost 30 years later. It took me a little time to get here, but I'm here now and, and that's what matters. Um, I brought with, brought with me today um, sharing some of our new marketing and outreach um, information that I'll, I'll leave with you. We've worked really hard to kind of brand the county and, and look towards the future because the story is where it's at. You know, telling our businesses the story of why Queen Anne's County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why Queen Anne's County is so great, why they should move here, why they should start their businesses here, why they should expand, um, all those great things. I just wanted to share a few more key points with you um, before I step away. Um, this year alone in 2022, our department, not in calendar year 2022, has received $3.6 million in grants. Now, 2.9 of that is going to be from the Rural Maryland Economic Development Fund, but that's still a lot. You know, when I first came on, we were dealing with that, the grant funds related to the, the COVID and the pandemic. Um, and we thought that was kind of drying up, but here we are again. These are not pandemic-related funds, but still a great deal of money. It's, it's some of it we've requested and applied for, and some of it has just come our way. Um, I was here a couple weeks ago uh, to let you know that we, we were receiving $263,000 in funding uh, related to tourism marketing. We have the 2.9 coming through, which will be a pass-through. We have some micro-ag grant money coming, so lots of good things. Um, Hotel tax, so another. Can, can I ask you a question real sure. quick? Um, getting back to that, is can that has the KNDF approached you? Is, is any of those dollars available for the wayfinding or? Not for the the two point nine. That they did submit that project, but okay. it was not selected. Okay. Um, they do have a I think ninety thousand dollar safety grant that they're applying towards the first part of that. Okay. And we plan to help them apply for the other funds that are available through the okay. Department of Commerce. But they they did apply, but okay. they were not selected for that round. Um, hotel taxes have gone up forty three percent percent in FY22 compared to FY21, which I think is pretty substantial. Which so, is which is an increase in night stays is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. So when you look at 2019 when I started, they were around 564, give or take. Don't quote me on the number. Now they're up in the 800s. And we still have a new hotel coming on, 120-room hotel. So you can only imagine. Um, what that impact will be to the tax dollars that go into the general fund. So I, I think that's a good thing. Can, um, can you do me a favor though, Heather, to make that a real number? Can you see what the rate differences are? Because a tax on a higher rate is just, it's right. at that point it's, you know. But they're still making that money. No, I, I get it. I'm just right. curious yeah. how much of it is actually more people coming and staying. Right. I or believe paying it, more for the room. I, I honestly. That's what I'm saying. You're paying for more for the room, you're going to pay more tax for the room. So. One, and I will certainly get that to you, but one um, anecdote is I called around um, for November 13th because that's when we have the Bay Bridge run, and every hotel was booked up for that hotel, unrelated to the Bay Bridge run. Hmm. They were already sold out. So I couldn't, um, I, and I'm sure there's a few rooms there set aside for that Mostly weddings, you think? Weddings, and it's also um, 
Easton Waterfowl Festival, oh, and right. so we get the overrun from that. But um, the the Beach Club, which is one of our largest wedding venues, when they book, they allocate a certain amount of room blocks. But thereafter, you know, if you have a 200, 300 person wedding, those people have to stay somewhere else. And I've traveled behind delivering uh, visitors guides to the different hotels um, before I traveled behind like a wedding organizer and she was stopping at each one, you know, dropping like 20, 30 bags off for wedding participants or people coming to visit. So that is a really strong market. As, but, as, as the, the tourism director, what's the one thing, if you had to pick one thing that the county's missing Ferry. A venue, it could be anything. I mean, just an event just, venue. Excuse me? So an event venue, somewhere event large venue. enough to be able to hold okay. a, a large number of people, which our 4 H park is, it can be that, but they're mm -hmm. limited on the types of events that they can hold. They certainly. Okay. Just curious. Yes. Thank you. Uh -huh. um, I would also like to point out that our new CTE uh, director, or CTE liaison that's been here for a little over a year has the largest number of youth apprenticeships on the whole eastern shore and actually the state director of intern uh, apprenticeships both um, youth and adult apprenticeships came over to visit with us to hear about what she was doing and what our program may look like because we've been so successful so thank you connie dean for that and she's done a, a great job um, her and rebecca actually helped us uh, plan the event that we had on friday where commissioner wilson was a um, speaker focused on the career trades, um, career and trades education. We took a tour around the college and um, could split up. Some could see healthcare, some could see uh, workforce or, or trades, excuse me, trades. And then afterwards, we had a presentation from several people and ended the day uh, with a, a business roundtable where we matched uh, the teachers from the school that focus on CTE, the college. Uh, teachers that focus on CTE and with businesses that were in that same field and we sat them all at the table together and got a lot of great feedback. So overall, pretty good. So um, we still have a lot of work to do, but. It was, it was good. Can you, I mean, um, can you work with Beth on getting like a, a press release out on that statistic about the CTE program? I mean, I think it's important. Everybody's talking about CTE now. Jack has been leading the way for years, right? Right. So the county is much more ahead. We should, you know, we should toot our horn on that. Mm -hmm. It was a great reset Friday to back to where Project Bright Future left off before COVID. And this really, I mean, it was <clears throat> a great event. I mean, the turnout was phenomenal. Um, the, the roundtable discussions, everybody was on point with it. And, you, and we, had, we had the educators there. We had the college educators right. there. So all the stakeholders that can make this happen and, and really make it gel were there and the whole vibe was very positive and, mm -hmm. and now we're back into it again I think now we got momentum uh, Connie's doing a great job pushing stuff out so we just got to keep the train on the tracks and keep pushing it down and you know like I said, I've said all along we can be the leader in the state in this whole realm of CTE and, and workforce development and career paths and everything so I, I believe we are one of the leaders um, not because it's Queen Anne's County but just because of, of what's been accomplished and we're getting feedback from other counties that want to do what we're doing and want to learn uh, what our programming looks like. Uh, just some more stats, as uh, Commissioner Corrino mentioned, we have, uh, since Connie's been here, 20, 21 new internship opportunities, 15 new, new youth apprenticeship opportunities. Um, eight of those have been filled here locally. Uh, and through Connie's outreach, she's uh, been working with about 74 businesses, 34 teachers, 
and had over 240 interactions with the different students, whether it's um, going there at lunches, um, doing career connections, um, having internship fairs. She's really been doing a great job reaching out. That's it I wanted to share with you today. Very good. Oh, yes, I have a proclamation for Yes, sir. Do you know the number of, cumulatively, the number of, I don't want to call it rooms or beds of hotels that we have up in this area? What is the... Um, uh, I can't give you Jody's? the exact number off the top of my head, but it's in 460-ish. Is that counting Jody's? No. And he's adding what? 120. 120. Mm -hmm. So we'll be at a little, like, five and a quarter. Right. And still probably below where we should be. And I'm going back to that old study we had done where we should have been about 800 rooms in Queen Anne's County for a lot of stuff we do, but mm -hmm. who knows. And to think about the Airbnbs, and there's a lot of rooms there. But they don't show because they're not on our tax rolls. Right now. <laughs> you don't get to see those. Uh, all right, I have Proclamation 2258. Uh, whereas Economic Development Week is an event established by the Maryland Economic Development Association to celebrate the achievements of economic, workforce, and community development practitioners throughout Maryland communities. And whereas Queen Anne's County Economic and Tourism Development is an active member of the Maryland Economic Development Association, a nonprofit organization established in 1961 whose mission is to enhance the knowledge and skills of its members, encourage partnerships and networking among people committed to bringing jobs and capital to Maryland, and promotes economic development as an investment in Maryland. And whereas Queen Anne's County Economic and Development and Tourism Development is a professional economic development organization whose mission is to elevate Queen Anne's County as an economically vibrant, welcoming and diverse place for business and recreation by delivering exceptional customer services and timely, relevant resources, proactively cultivating business attraction, retention and expansion, developing and strengthening destination amenities, promoting visitor opportunities and experiences, forging intern and apprenticeship partnerships, and skillfully managing county resources to fuel economic growth. And whereas during fiscal year 2022, Queen Anne's County Department of Economic and Tourism Development travel and tourism marketing efforts contributed to a 43% annual growth in local hotel tax generation and 117% growth in overall tourism spending as compared to fiscal year 2021. And whereas in 2022, the Department of Economic and Tourism Development has secured over 775,000 in grant funds to support economic, community, and tourism development efforts in Queen Anne's County. And whereas Queen Anne's County 2022 economic development outreach efforts included a planning for success series, a business workshop in collaboration with Queen Anne's County Chamber of Commerce reaching over 200 participating local businesses. And whereas Queen Anne's County workforce development efforts include dedicated staffing focused on career technology and trades education, collaborating with Queen Anne's County Public Schools, the business community and Chesapeake College to build a future workforce pipeline through engaging over 284 youth, 32 teachers and 74 businesses in 2022. And there, now, therefore, the Board of County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County hereby proclaims the week of October 24th to 28th, 2022, as Economic Development Week, highlighting the investment and partnerships that strengthen our competitiveness in Queen Anne's County, and ask all to join with us to recognize and reaffirm the importance of business, community, and workforce development locally and statewide. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, Heather, thank you. Thank you, Heather. Thank you very much. That's great. All right, commissioners, our next presenter is uh, Mr. Scott Haas with his team, um, or a few of his team members here this evening. Uh, he's our director of emergency services. He has a department update. It'll be on the screen, and it's also in your book 
Tab 6, item Roman numeral 3, page 22. Good evening. All right, Scott, take it away. Alrighty. Good evening, Commissioners. Uh, we've got our normal two-division update for this evening. Lori's going to give you a special operations update, and Mr. Wheatley is going to give you an emergency medical services update. So, Lori, you want to take it away? Sure. Good evening. Um, so, the first thing... I told you. I don't know why. Mm -mm. Still nothing. You try it. Uh, he does this all the time. He takes the batteries out oh, and lets you click You may have to aim it that way. I mean, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to go up and around. Got it. Um, so, um, the first thing I wanted to discuss with you this evening was our event planning. So, as you all know, and Heather um, had mentioned prior, our Bay Bridge run is rapidly approaching. So, November 13th, which is a Sunday. Uh, we will have um, 16,000 of our closest friends running to the Eastern Shore. <coughs> so for us, what that means is we have a ton of planning to do in the emergency services arena. So what my department does specifically is take all of those assets, whether they be in law enforcement, state, national, local, um, volunteer, career, whatever the case may be, um, and we um, write an entire plan for what it looks like if we have an event during the um, bridge run. So we are still in the final stages of that planning effort um, and we will be doing that from now until probably the morning of November 13th. Um, the traffic flow information is going to be pushed out via social media from our partners over in um, community affairs. Um, so they'll be pushing out more information on how that's going to affect the public and our citizens here in Queen Anne's County, but there will be road closures in addition um, to our normal Sunday traffic. One of our hot, our major priorities over the last, I would love to say the last year, but really we started working on it pre-COVID, so 2019 as our active assailant plan. Um, so if you remember back in 2019, we were here to give you um, an update on our hazardous mitigation plan that included our threat analysis which was adopted by the county in 2019 into 2020 um, that recognized the need to update our our active shooter response so we have been working diligently with um, state partners local partners law enforcement um, ems volunteers throughout the county to make sure that we're ready for a response and what that looks like. That's gonna be an ongoing effort. Um, so as we uh, develop a plan, we're gonna train on the plan and then we're going to make changes to the plan. So it's gonna be an ongoing cycle for our department. But most recently, we have taken the next step into going into the schools and um, conducting training with both the supervisory <coughs> staff and administration staff and also with all of the teachers. So as of today, we have finished all 14 schools in the county teaching them stop the bleed um, training. So we just finished last Friday. Um, we also serve on the active assailant work group for the state. So we are um, entrenched with them to make sure that we're bringing the best um, information back to Queen Anne's County. And we've also started training. Um, so we had a active shooter response at Chesapeake College. It was a... Um, it was a course that was put on by LSU at Chesapeake College over the summer. Um, that was law enforcement and EMS integrated. And then we are in the middle of developing a training program for our local area. 
So in addition to that, we're still doing all of the regular planning. Um, so we've been here before to talk about the Cloverfields drainage project. Just to give you a quick update, we did put in for the scoping grant. It has been moved forward to FEMA. It has passed the MEMA review and been moved to FEMA. We're waiting for word back on whether or not we've received that grant. We're also working with our um, contractors to finish the emergency operations planning, which is essentially the guide for our EOC and how we would manage a large scale event. So hurricanes, things like that, those just have to be updated on a regular basis. Uh, we have submitted a grant which has been accepted for our hazardous mitigation plan. So that is for a 2024 update, uh, but the grant had to be applied for this year. So that has been pushed forward. We've recently conducted a tabletop exercise for the county on um, our area dams, and that has to be done every five years. We recently completed that. <clears throat> We're continuing to work on our mass um, communication. Uh, we visited the IPALS lab up in DC recently and did some um, exercising with them. And then we're developing resource lists um, to work with our communications division with the new CAD update so we can push time, timely information to the responders um, that can come up on their MDTs as they're responding to calls. And then, of course, there's always our CERT team. So not being in the community for a couple of years, we are um, trying to get back out there as much as we can and teach um, the community resiliency. We have had a safety day at Symphony Village just recently. We are starting a new course um, at Symphony Village sometime soon and probably at one other site location. We haven't confirmed it yet within the county. My staff has been in three public schools. We're teaching two CERT courses at Queen Anne's County High School, one at Kent Island High School, and most recently we have started at Stevensville Middle School, which is a much younger crowd than we're used to teaching. Um, but that is going really well. We're doing that in six week um, increments. We're reaching out to community organizations. Of course, we're still doing hurricane preparedness. Hurricane season goes through November. And then we have been to several outreach programs and open houses. So we're trying to reach the community in every facet that we can. Oops. Oh. Sorry, Scott. Okay. Thank you. So as Commissioner Wilson likes to pick on me a lot, there's so much to say, but so little time. So I promise I will keep it <laughs> short like you all like, but thank you once again for letting us come before you. Um, I sent the stats out today. Again, we're having moderate uh, call volume. As you saw a few weeks ago, we were off the charts again, which is awesomely good because we're running calls, we're out there. Um, but unfortunately, sometimes it's putting the depletion on our resources, which I know you get tired of reading that each week too, but we do almost every day now running out, run out of uh, ALS transport units in the county at least for 30 minutes or 20 minutes at a time. So it's an interesting time. So our call volume is up, our high acuity calls, the calls that require more resources, the calls that require more hands on deck in order to help sustain life are higher than we've ever experienced. So uh, that's pretty interesting. We also ran into a phenomenon that we've dealt with, with for many years, but we hit something over the summer that had never happened before. We had a hospital that kept an ambulance, two of our ambulances, two from Caroline County, two from uh, Dorchester, two from Talbot for over six hours over the summer waiting for a bed. So at that point, that unit that started the call at around 8.30 that morning did not clear the call until nine and a half hours later. By the time they transferred the patient, 
came back, cleaned up their unit, put stuff back, and they were ready for service nine hours later. That's unacceptable. So uh, my superior Jedi Knight here and I uh, reached out to our legal advice uh, from our EMS consultants and from our legal counsel from our EMS counsel. And uh, we combined as a Talbot County, Dorchester County, Caroline County, and Queen Anne's County came together as one. And we wrote a policy. And basically what we did, non-adversarially and non-confrontationally, but we went to the hospital and said, this is our expectations. And by the way, once we get on your property, it's actually your responsibility to take the patient legally. It's not our responsibility to give you free labor. Um, so we wrote a policy that basically says anywhere there's a bed, anywhere there's a chair, after 15 minutes, we're going to try to find a place to put that patient. Now, the patient's an extremis. They're, we're continuously treating the patient. We know if we set a patient in a chair, their outcome is not going to be good. We're not going to do that. We're going to wait until the bed is available. But we've come together, we've talked to the administration of Shore Health, and they've agreed. And since that policy has went in effect, we've never had to use it. We've never had to just leave a patient somewhere. Our turnover time has been around 15 to 18 minutes on most weeks, as you get that report. Uh, the longest we've been there lately is about 35 to 40 minutes. And now we're taking that and we're going to Anne Arundel Medical Center. And Anne Arundel County Fire Department and Annapolis Fire Department are joining us. And we are now known throughout the state as taking this trend and moving this toward throughout the state of Maryland. So. Thanks for letting me put my head out on the guillotine a little bit, but uh, I think we've got full support and I think we're doing good things with that. Before so. you go on. Yes, sir. This actually had ramifications, I think, beyond, way beyond what happened because, because of that, it created really quite a stir. And Gary Mangum and Ciatola then took that whole ruction off to the, uh, Ums board. Ums board? Yeah, Ums two, board. Two months afterwards, and we had notification of hospitals being built. And because yeah. of all that, suddenly the hospital, which had been frozen for years, got moved through. And it all started because you did that. So you get extra points. Could not agree more, 100%. Yeah. It's a big deal. It, was, it really did start a process that, that is really going to better health care on the Eastern Shore. Not immediately, but this. The fact that we now have not a replacement hospital, but a new regional, it's going to be very, very significant. So superb job, guys. And again, it was not controversial. We didn't come in going, you will do this, you will do that. It's uh, We just worked as a team. Um, as I said, the demand on our staff has been really high with these high acuity calls, which, which is good. We've also had four or five people out on FMLA due to stomach surgeries, back surgery, stuff like that. And unfortunately, as I've, as I've uh, told before, which you guys are very well at understanding, but when someone calls out in an office, that office care can go unstaffed for the day and it's okay, but when we have a call out and we have people on vacation, we're backfilling. So I'm trying to keep up with that. He's having to shake me down and keep me in line with my budget. We're doing the best we can and um, we have to backfill the position. So with all this said, our customer service still comes first. We're trying to get out there as much as possible. As Chief Morris uh, alluded to, uh, we have been supporting the Special Ops Division. Uh, just that we've trained every county, county public educator, every teacher, every principal, every, you know, the superintendent herself. We were able to assist the Special Ops in training them on Stop the Bleed, that they may be able to help save somebody's life until we get there, I think is a miraculous and awesome 
uh, accomplishment, and I'm proud that we've been a part of that. Um, our, our folks have started going to some conferences for the first time since COVID. We sent a few people down to Florida to EMS World, um, brought a lot of cool things back, which we'll touch on in a second, uh, um, a new piece of equipment that Queen Anne's County is the only one that has it. And I'm yet again proud that we're doing something that no one else is. So hold on, I'll tell you about that. We're supporting Chief Morris with the active assailant planning and training. I've also been able to go back because of COVID. We haven't had an award ceremony. We haven't been able to get people together, but I've been able to go back and start giving some awards out to our folks that are very deserving of the, these awards since 2019. And I'm gonna be doing that for the next month uh, as much as possible. And what I recently learned on a nationwide conference call, I was on with people from LA, from Louisiana, from all over the nation, that we are well ahead of a lot of people with a lot of the things that we are doing here. So it, it made, uh, made me very proud to take part of that. So the famous saying, what's next? Well, we got these really nice new ventilators with the health uh, and full support of the Queen Anne's County Health Department. They're not only ventilators that we can set ventilations once we intubate patients, but they have CPAP, which we've been doing for years, which everybody knows it's continuous positive airway pressure for patients that are struggling to breathe, that are full of fluid. Um, you all probably know it for people that have uh, sleep apnea, et cetera, et cetera. But it has BiPAP, which does the same thing with a lot less triggering devices that helps the entire cardiac and respiratory system continue to work together positively. And that's, we're, we're the first to have that within the EMS setting around here, and I am very proud of that. Um, we're getting ready for the Bay Bridge run. As uh, Chief Morris alluded to, 16,000 runners plus one spectator leads to about 35,000 people that could possibly be in, be in danger if something happens, and we're gonna do everything we can to protect them. I'm excited to say that the EMS duty officer uh, vehicle that you uh, approved in last year's capital budget, the chip has finally come in for the vehicle and it is in process of it being learned. Shipped with the chip. <laughs> it's finally come it's in. so frustrating. So I hope that they'll be able to park that over here for you in January and let you see that. The mid-year funding for our new recruits will be starting in January and they'll be coming on board. We had a very competitive hiring process and we were able to full, exactly fill right. all positions that we had open and they'll be starting the first week of January, which I'm pleased to say. And just when you thought you had the last of me, your next meeting I'm coming back because we had things approved in the capital budget and I'm ready to move forward with action items to get those, which include our cardiac monitor, which we're able to get through partially of a grant, the active assailant year that we're talking about, the PPE that was in the budget item, and uh, finally the new uh, administration vehicle that was in the budget. So I'm gonna come knock on your door one more time, just get your approval to move forward with our capital budget purchases. And with that, I'll open up to questions. When do we uh, see that uh, next unit, 24-7 unit, come online? Is that in January? So the, the employees come on in January, but it's gonna take a good, I'd say 60 to 90 days to get everybody trained, cleared, and able yeah. to function. Uh, one thing Scott can elaborate on is the educational programs. Again, going back, we said COVID so many times during this presentation. Uh, the educational programs, most of the people that we're hiring are straight out of the educational programs, mm -hmm. don't have a lot of field experience, so it's going to take us a lot more time to train them than get them cleared. We're hiring one that's had 10 patient contacts. Mm. Everything else had to be done in lab settings or with mannequins because of COVID. So imagine taking when, uh, when we were hired, we volunteered for hours and hours or we were working three different part-time jobs, hours and hours, and we were coming with experience. 
we are getting people fresh out of the schools that have had 10 patient contact hours and now we have to interact them. And have I told you how neat it is for under 25 year olds to communicate sometimes without a text message? So we're teaching them authentic dialogue skills. That's part of the education communication skills. And it's not a negative thing, it's just adjusting our training to meet the needs of our current employees that we're getting. So. But we're anticipating a lot longer process than what they have been in the past to get everybody out in the street and actually get the unit functional. Two things I want to touch on real quick on the end of this is uh, we have a dedication tomorrow and hopefully some of you can attend. Uh, it starts at 10 o'clock and it's at DES. We're uh, dedicating our emergency operations center to our prior director, John Chu. Uh, the last thing I wanted to inform you of tonight is this gentleman has decided to retire. And uh, his, his last couple days with us will be in late December. I think the last week in December is going to be his. Well, well, I thought, I we, I thought we passed that. legislation we that that had to be approved. <laughs> so. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure we had, a, we had legislation that any director or supervisor's position from DES. It's permission. I'm being serious. <laughs> you didn't clear that. Well, well he's, he's not going to clear the parking lot because I'm going to oh, be attached to his ankle. No, we do. So. I can just call his wife and say, you really want him around? <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but at the end of the day, and I truly mean this, but the souls that have passed through DS, I'm going to miss you the most. Thank because you. Because we came through this together and yes, we have. it's going to be difficult to see you go. We got plenty of duct tape and we got the space underneath the old courthouse. I'm counting, yeah. counting on you for that. Yeah. So. Is there no bribery? Well, um, I'm a, you know, and I know you know, I'm a big fan of NASA. And uh, Commander Lovell made a statement before his Apollo 13 that, you know, didn't go as planned, that he was in command of the best craft with the best uh, group of people, and I feel the same. I've gotten to serve under the best group of people. I've had the best boss uh, for the last 19 years of my career. I started my career on the Western Shore uh, in the pension system. And, but the last 19 years has been the best, and uh, I'm still young. I'm still gonna be involved in EMS on a point, but I'm gonna spend some more time with that grandson of mine. I'm gonna do a little traveling, and uh, I'm still, you'll, she'll, I'm sure you can still pester me all you want, but I'm thankful and blessed. And uh, I'm looking forward to chapter two of my life. But yep. uh, Are you gonna be teaching it? I am. I've been teaching uh, part-time, and instead of now, after working 10-hour days and going and teaching at four-hour nights, I'm gonna have a little more rest before I go teach. But I teach at Chesapeake and I teach at University of Maryland. So yeah, I mean, you're keeping that up? Yes, sir, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. But I can't thank you all enough, especially for the last four years. You've made it a, a, a much easier transition for me. Thank you. You, you think you Can't you end on something more positive, Scott? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow, right? I'm like, sorry. Wow, what a demo. <laughs> I've been holding this for how many weeks now? It was very hard to tell him. So thank you for the pension, okay? But there's a little- Wow, that's what he was waiting it's on. Right. Well, <laughs> no, as Chief Morris will say, he's quitting. And we don't, it's just schematics that I'm retiring. He's quitting he's us, a, you know, walking out on. But uh, I thought I would come out to like 25 years and go in the drop for five years, and, and, but I came out to 29 and a half, and you can only go in the drop between 25 and 30. So you add the sick leave in, and here we are. So it's, it's just the right time. But I couldn't ask for a better boss, better group of commissioners. I've had a blast. Well, Godspeed, young man. Thank you, sir. Well, Thank I'll, you. I'll say one story at the very end of this, <laughs> which is a story I told in front of a, a lot of people once yeah, before. You're embarrassing. <laughs> but um, he was about a year ahead of me 
going through the EMS stuff. And uh, there was, like he said, we worked many, many hours on units, volunteered many, many hours on units. We did anything we could to get on a unit just, just to learn the process and, and educate ourselves on EMS. And I was, I was doing a transport to the hospital and or I might've been sitting in the emergency room and this guy comes over the radio. I never met him before. I've heard rumors about him. <laughs> and he came over the radio and how we judge each other in those days was consults. <laughs> how good you talk to the hospital on a consult and what medications you got and how well you treated your patient. Well, he came through and did a consult and I, I like stepped back and I was like, one, I got to meet this guy. Two, that's how it's done. I'm going to copy this guy That's how it's because, done. because it was picture perfect. Like drew the picture perfect picture of what the paper was going on with the patient. And I have followed this guy ever since. And he was one of the few guys I went out and found tackled and drug into our department uh, when I had the opportunity. But again, your soul is one going to be one of the biggest souls I'm going to miss when you're gone. Thank you. Chief. But we wish you the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all very much. I hope you felt the bus hit. Yeah, I felt the bus very much. Thank you. <laughs> thank all right, you thank much. you, gentlemen. And Lori, thank you very much. All right, commissioners, moving on, we have uh, our next present presentation from uh, Mr. Steve Chanley, the Director of Parks and Recreation, with his departmental update. For us this evening, so Steve. It's a tough act to follow. Yeah. I was just, <laughs> I like I was just <laughs> thinking about you, buddy. Yeah. Had you go first. <laughs> All right. And Steve's presentation is also in your book, uh, page 32, item 4, under tab 6, and it's on the screen as well. All right. Thank you all. It's good to be here. Um, again, just a, a quick brief update, um, kind of staying within the theme of everybody else. It's been a long day for you guys. <laughs> uh, but the first project up is um, the, the town of Queen Anne at Roosevelt Park. They received a community parks and playground um, uh, grant to uh, redo the paving uh, of the, uh, the, uh, the trail around the park. Uh, we're pleased about that. That took about almost two years to get it through just because of their cycle. So. We're pleased to get that started. Um, just some of the projects that we've done. Uh, we took care of Graysonville parking lot and we completed the trail, which is the, the Leonard Smith trail that goes up from the parking lot up into the, to the woods and throughout. Parking lot was also striped. Uh, we're doing some trail repairs to Southersville and to Route 18 Park. We also paved uh, the Fallen Heroes uh, parking lot uh, and we striped that as well. Our staff just completed uh, their last round of uh, sport field fertilization as well as overseeding the athletic fields. Um, equipment replacement is still, you know, still an issue, just like everything else. We're, we've been waiting for some stuff for almost a year now. Um, this year was a, a great season for our Ranger program. It was the most successful one that we've had so far. Uh, we currently have two full-time and we had 11 part-time during the year, so that was great. And they came with a lot of experience. And um, as the season is ending, you know, there, uh, a lot of the part-time folks are looking to come back next year. So I'm looking at hitting the ground running with them as well. Um, let's see. Again, as I mentioned, we still have equipment that's outstanding. You can see by the dates, you know, now we're over a year in many of that stuff. Uh, for recreation, winter sports season is about to begin. Uh, we just recently hired a new recreation specialist, Karen Eater. She um, had previous work experience uh, with the city of Gaithersburg. 
uh, a number of years back. She started uh, back at the end of August. Uh, so we're looking forward to some, some new ideas, new points of view, new programming from her. Um, our staff got back together with the community services and brought back uh, a popular uh, program, Beach Blanket Bingo, that was uh, um, held at Conquest Beach. Um, we worked with the Corsica River uh, Conservancy, and we had Corsica River Day, but that was also the uh, weekend of the big rain, so we had to um, cancel that. Um, we've got some nature walks with our rangers. We're getting them not only involved in, um, you know, uh, taking care of the parks, but we're also going to kind of get them into some sort of programming aspect, and, and this is our first foray into that. Uh, we've made um, contact with uh, the new um, director over at Animal Services, and our staff is going to do a, a program called Paws in the Park. Um, we're looking to do that sometime in uh, 2023. Um, so it's, it's a new venture for both of us. It's a new partner within the county um, that we're working with, so that's a, a, a good deal. We're also in the process of hiring uh, what we call recreation leaders one, two, and three, especially for our, um, this is part-time positions to take care of, you know, being scorekeepers, gym supervisors, um, class instructors, um, just to. to the, so leaders one, leader one, leader two, leader three level? Yeah, basically. Part-time? They're, they're part-time. So okay. basically a one is a high school person, a two is someone who has some college experience, and a three is you know, okay. um, college graduate or someone, you know, of life experience. And you usually do pretty good in getting getting those positions. Uh, it's built. been a little slow right now, um, but again, that's just kind of the whole um, job market. Right. It's been tough. We just held interviews today, so we're hoping to slowly get that um, up to speed. Yes. If I'm not mistaken, we had made this kind of splashy announcement that there was going to be a, a dog park out at White Marsh. What's going on? We're still looking to uh, secure a spot for, for that. We've got two areas in mind. Um, we want to make sure that we've got the right spot, that it doesn't interfere with the sports that are going on there. Uh, one area is kind of close to um, uh, the ball field, uh, the baseball field. Um, we're having second thoughts on the area that we were looking to place that, but we realize that it needs to be close to the parking lot and not a far walking distance to that area. We also need to make sure that we have um, water accessible to that. That's a, a key element to, uh, to having the dog park. I understand, and I also understand that when we announced this last spring, it was said to be constructed during the fall, which we now appear to be in. Yes, we are in the fall. Yeah, that's correct. And we're, you know, still looking to to secure that. Like I said, we got to make sure that we can get water out there for for the dogs because it doesn't. If you don't have that one amenity for the dogs, uh, you know, it's it's really difficult to do, you know, a successful dog park. And then we'd just be, you know, we'd be filled with complaints about there's no, you know, no water out there, and, you know, on a hot summer day. So I'm sure you'll be able to solve that. I'm kind of, we're working and according to MDOT, um, you have till the what, December 21st and the fall <laughs> so, Yes, we have not forgotten about that. That is on our, our agenda. Uh, we're also bringing back some uh, upcoming bus trips. We're going to uh, New York uh, in December and also the Philadelphia Flower Show in March of 23. Um, also, one of our, our uh, events we had was the Conquest uh, Preserve Trail Run, a 5K and 10K run. Uh, we had about 100 folks registered 
Um, got a ton of compliments. You know, the course was, you know, well-maintained, beautifully cut. It was a perfect day out there uh, for that event. So what we're going to do next year, instead of having um, the, the trail run on one day and Corsica River Day on another day, we're going to go ahead and combine them on the same, same day. day. So run will be in the morning, and then the event will be in the afternoon. Um, again, just a, a quick run through. You know, our fall leagues are beginning to end. Um, our flag football league, we had about 130 players, 12 teams across three age groups. Basketball registration has ended and we're uh, once again going to be playing um, across the county with, um, with Kent County. Um, evaluations for that program will start on November 1st. We had a field hockey league which has been uh, continually growing. I uh, had 139 players. Uh, we were also again, you know, because of the numbers of, of, of teams that we get in Queen Anne's County, we need to look elsewhere to get more competition, more games, so that's why we're uh, partnering with uh, Kent County and Talbot County with that, and we're gonna have a play day with them um, uh, actually this weekend up at White Marsh. Uh, we'll bring all the uh, teams in from all the counties. And, hey, I'm sorry, uh, um, going back to basketball registration, it's closed? Yes. How many, how many did you get signed up, do you know? Um, our numbers were a little bit lower than last year okay um we have been taking a, a waiting list um in case you know in case we get enough numbers to make another team oh, what okay. we want to do is we want to make sure that the um the rosters have the right amount if you have anything over if you have anything over 10 it makes it too hard because everybody doesn't get the you know, coaches should get playing everybody time. playing time right so really in an ideal situation you know i, I think about eight on a team is perfect because everybody gets plenty of playing time. So eight to ten is that key number that we need to get in order to, you know, get to the next team. But then also you can have the waiting list. But then the hard part is is finding that person who's going to coach. So um, right. always looking for for volunteers if you're looking to coach a basketball team. <laughs> actually, you know, here's something scary for you. I'm actually going through um, uh, basketball referee training right now as we speak. Okay. <laughs> right, that is you don't have to worry about grooming the courts, so you're okay. That's right. <laughs> That's good to know. Um, our uh, youth volleyball league has taken off again, 77 players. Again, we got teams uh, from Southersville, Centerville, and Stevensville, which you know to me is very important, is that we've got equity across the county. Um, that's what we're really looking to try to do is be able to make sure that what is offered in one part of the county is equally offered in the other part. Uh, indoor soccer has just blown up. Um, registration is continuing. We had to add uh, two new locations. Uh, so now we'll be utilizing four locations to play. With the landings, um, the Kent Narrows, we had uh, those two pilings removed. Um, we also collaborated with uh, DPW for the removal of that. Um, and it was uh, done through a $10,000 grant from DNR Waterway Improvement Program. Uh, continuing with landings, uh, James does a great job in uh, getting um, grants. Um, as you can see here, he's uh, secured $700,000 in grants. Um, he <coughs> does a, a phenomenal job of working with DNR. He's got a great partnership with them. Uh, the visitor center bulkhead ramp, pier replacement. Uh, we have the boat lift in for natural resources police and it is in and is operational. Um, with Seabeck and Price Creek, Price Creek uh, we got a $35,000 uh, 
uh, grant for a pilot project for uh, thin layer placement of the dredge spoils. Um, so we're looking forward to being, uh, you know, uh, partner, a partner in that and, and doing that program. And that's what's been going on lately. Up, Questions? Update on the skateboard, skate park. It still has to be approved through the Board of Public Works. I thought I was going to get on uh, this month's agenda. didn't make it, so it should be on the next one, which I think is February, or not February, geez. Um, November 12th or so. Uh, should be on there and approved. Do we and need our lobbyists to make sure that's on the agenda? Okay. Make sure. Yeah. And the two synthetic turf fields, the two uh, new ones. Right, right. Uh, there was a pre-construction meeting at DPW uh, last week, and they're looking to start construction um, mid-November, as soon as they get a notice to proceed. Perfect. They're good. So we're looking good. to, to move, move forward on those and good. all that. So a lot of, lot of things happening. Yeah. You know, a lot of, lot of good things. So and we're still working on the Cross Island Trail with land acquisition. Still working on that. That's a, that one is a tough one. I know. Well, then we got somebody we're going to put on that one too. So, <laughs> okay. Good. Thank you. Anything else? Yeah, buddy. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Good. OK, commissioners, that concludes our presentations for this evening. We have about a dozen action items. So if you want to turn to tab number three, we can go through those. So tab number three, page one, item one, is uh, Proclamation 2257. Right? I believe Commissioner Moran's going to yep. read that uh, one. This is Proclamation 2257. Whereas the residents of Queen Anne's County have great respect, respect, admiration, and the utmost gratitude for all the men and women who have selflessly served as our selflessly served our county, excuse me, country, and this community in the armed forces. And whereas the contributions and sacrifices of the men and women who served in the armed forces have been vital in maintaining the freedoms and way of life enjoyed by our citizens. And whereas Queen Anne's County seeks to honor these individuals who have paid the high price for freedom by placing themselves in harm's way for the good of all. And whereas veterans continue to serve our community in the American Legion, veterans of foreign wars, religious groups, civil service, and by functioning as county veterans service officers in 29 states to help fellow former service members access more than $52 billion in federal health, disability, and compensation benefits each year. And whereas approximately 200,000 service members transition to civilian communities annually, and whereas an estimated 20% increase of service members will transition to civilian life in the near future, and whereas studies indicate that 44 to 72% of service members experience high levels of stress during transition from military to civilian life, and whereas active military service members transitioning from military service are at a high risk for suicide during their first year after military service. And whereas the National Association of Counties encourages all counties, parishes, and boroughs to recognize Operation Greenlight for veterans. And whereas the Queen Anne's County, uh, and whereas Queen Anne's County appreciates the sacrifices of our United State military personnel and believes specific recognition should be granted. 
Therefore, be it resolved, the designation as a green light for Veterans County, Queen Anne's County, hereby declares from November 7th through November 13th, 2022, a time to salute and honor the service and sacrifice of our men and women in uniform transitioning from active service. Therefore, be it further resolved that in observance of Operation Greenlight, Queen Anne's County encourages its citizens in patriotic tradition to recognize the importance of honoring all those who made immeasurable sacrifices to preserve freedom by displaying a green light in a window of their place of business or residence. Signed, the Queen Anne's County Commissioners. And with this, we are actually uh, going to light up the old court, no, not the old courthouse, right? The, the new courthouse, the, the new old courthouse in this building, yeah. Right. Green. So we're going to light them all up with green Good. for this. And, uh, you know, it, it, what strikes me is a $52 billion in federal health. I mean, that's a lot of money and a lot of people that need the help. And uh, there's an organization in Queen Anne's County now that's moving towards just what this is all about. So we, we wish them luck in, in their uh, endeavors of securing some funding and, and a location. So more to come on that. So we go green in no the month of November or just well, this they're, day? they're asking for the, uh, the 7th through the 13th. Okay. Yep. So wear green next meeting. Yep. Very good. All right. All right. Thank you, Thank Commissioner. You. Okay. Our next item is item number two on pages two through 36. This is a royal legacy deed of easement for Bernard and William Davis. And this is for a 67 and a half acre property within the Foreman Branch Rural Legacy area that will be preserved. And we have a deed of easement here between the state of Maryland, Queen Anne's County, and the Davises agreeing to preserve that property. Notably, no county funds were used to preserve this property. So we recommend. I move uh, to approve and sign a Rural Legacy deed of easement for Bernard A. and William B. Davis. Second. second. We got a motion to second. Any discussion? Stevie seconded. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? All right, 5-0, Bush carries. All right, thank you, commissioners. Uh, item three on pages 37 through 55, we have another uh, Royal Legacy uh, easement agreement here. Uh, this was um, um, enables the county to preserve in perpetuity approximately <coughs> 234 acres of prime waterfront agricultural land, woodland, and environmentally sensitive areas uh, in the Upper Chester River. And this is between the state of Maryland DNR and Queen Anne's County to preserve this uh, property. Again, no county funds were needed for this preservation. I make a motion to approve and sign the Foreman Branch Rural Legacy Grant Agreement for $1,307,452. Second. Motion is second. Any discussion? Donna, these, this one here, are we, the, the individual doesn't want their name known? This is actually the grant agreement. We have not even negotiated oh. the easement yet. Okay. okay. So this is the money that we applied for last January, gotcha. and they awarded that based on the list of applicants. Okay. And so it's enough to fund one farm, yep. and that includes survey, title work, attorney fees, and the direct cost to the landowner. Very you good. will get the same thing, just like the Davises. Okay. When we get everything finalized, oh, yes. Good. Yeah. Yep. yep. Thank you. Yep. Mm -hmm. Sure. Any other questions? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? One note, um, yep. the last time I was in, I believe, Phil, you asked me about second round offers through MAUF. We yes. got two additional MAUF offers from this year. 
So we were able to secure $5,200,906 to preserve 1,210 acres. Hold on, hold on. Say it again. So we were able to obtain two additional second round offers through MAUF. We initially got five farms. We got two additional. <coughs> um, with those two additional funds or two additional farms being um, offered to landowners, we were able to preserve seven farms for 1,210 acres, which is a total of $5,200,906. So that was second round. So between first and second round, how many? That's 5.2 million between the second, oh, first okay, and second. 5.2. Yes. Okay. Right. We initially started out roughly with about 3 million. Right. Can, I hate to put a little burden on you, but I, I that's think that's fine. something we always ask you about this. And, you know, I know we're in second with preservation. Yes. Can you go back to 2010? and give us how many acres were preserved and, and just a graph showing it as as we you know yes. up until present 9,512 yes. since 2014 I can tell you that correct but I want to see what it is year to year you know sure I mean? yeah I can dollar do that. amount and acres yes so, yeah we have okay. an annual report that comes from the state each year that shows us now there were a few years in there yeah when Tank our down. previous governor um, took the money from out, it was robbed the coffers. Yeah, and it we had out. very, we had it actually in every other year cycle, so we didn't fund every year. Right. So there were some lean years in there, but yes, we've since 2005, since I started working on it, we've done almost 75 million dollars worth of easements. Nice. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Donna. Great. Great job. <laughs> All right, commissioners, moving on to item number four, uh, pages 56 through 70. This is the Maryland Transit Administration's operating grant agreement for FY23. Um, these documents informs MTA that we accept federal and state funding to support our transit services for the county ride program here in Queen Anne's County. So. I move to accept the Maryland Transit Administration MDTA operating grant agreements packet to certify that the Queen Anne's County Department of Community Services Area on Agency, Area Agency on Aging will operate the public transit system and accept awards as offered by the State of Maryland Department of Transportation FY 2023. Motion and a second. Any discussion? <clears throat> All those in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Right, zero motion carries. Okay. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, item number five on pages 71 through 76 is um, a follow-up for the contract for the FY23 fireworks display at the Kent Narrows. And we have two options here. Option one being uh, the same, basically the same program. Excuse me, option two is the same as last year's program for about 1,500 shells for the $50,000 amount. And option one is a, is a reduced program, 881 shells for 35,000, uh, also using uh, Zambelli's, the same fireworks vendor. So in our last meeting, but do we want to take a motion in first? Ken, yeah. I move to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to execute the fire fireworks contract with Zambelli's for the July fireworks celebration to be held on Tuesday, July 4th, 2023, with a rain date of Wednesday, July 5th, 2023, with the recommendation of option two, or B. Second. Okay. Discussion. Discussion. So um, I know that you guys were in here, I guess it was September. Yeah. Um, and we, we asked that, is there any chance you guys could go back to them and find out if there's any other dates maybe for a lesser price? 
it's not the date has a little bit to do with the price but it's more or less the the information that was outlined above with with the shipping yeah. with the transportation with the setup you know one of the biggest um, uh, contributors to the increase in cost is the shipping from uh, from China over okay and I think he jumped up offhand I want to say probably about eight eight to ten thousand okay, so this is basically this so this is basically what we looked at in September Correct. Except we also, you know, as, as you asked, I did reach out to another vendor uh, called Firestar um, to see if they could give us a, a price on that. And I sent them basically the same type of shell count, you know, shell sizes and things like that, anticipating on getting a response back. I got a response back. I got it. You know, I'll get it to you in a couple of days. A couple of days now. Still, it's been a month and a half. You so still haven't heard I'm, back. I'm you know, taking that as a no response. I'm fine with the extra fifteen thousand dollars. I mean, we could. I'm sure we can scrape underneath a couple expired contracts here or there with some leftover money to find that fifteen thousand. So, I think it's worth it. I think we've got that. That is a is, is a great show, and last year it had a hell of a crowd. And I I think it's it's worth the extra fifteen to me. So, my opinion. Second. There is a second there. You already had it. Motion second. Right? Yeah. He's, All right. He, he, he. <laughs> Um, I, you know what, I, I mean, it, it's a big deal, you know, there, there are some jurisdictions across the country that have canceled them because of the cost. So I, I, I agree with Commissioner Jim Moran, I think it's important that we find out where we can find the money and we get it and then we make it happen. It's a qual quality vendor, quality show, I mean, so it's not like we're going into uncharted you know, right. territory exactly. with somebody new. They we do, don't, we they don't do, know what we're going to do. They do a great show. They do. Last year was awesome. All right. So. All those in favor of Jim's motion to make the sky go boom, boom, say aye. 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 Any opposed? The sky's going. Okay. Boom. Bill, I could have been worse. I could have made the motion for 60000 I know. It could have been worse. <laughs> and you would have said second real quick. And nope. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Thank you, Commissioners. Uh, item number six on pages 77 to 78. This is Upper Shore Regional Council's operating budget for fiscal 23. This is the annual contribution that we provide to that program of 12000 I move to approve the county's contribution of $12,000 for the Upper Shore Regional Councils for their operating budget for FY 2023. Second. Motion is second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Five zero. That motion carries. Okay. Thank you, Commissioners. Uh, item number seven on pages 79 through 82. And this is uh, from the Department of Planning and Zoning and Department of Public Works to adjust the review fee schedules for amendments to subdivisions, site plans, and engineering plans. So right now we do not charge for amendments to um, development review submittals, and specifically this adds a review fee of $250 for those amendments um, by the applicant. And uh, we have representatives from I move Planning to accept and, and adopt the updated fee schedules presented by staff specifically to add review fees for amendments to subdivision site plans and engineering plans. Second. All right, motion and a second. Uh, any discussion? Yeah, let's let's discuss this. Yes, come on up. And Marge has a second from Jim because he, he beat Steve. <laughs> so why don't you uh, tell the public, why don't you explain exactly how this came about and uh, why we're doing this and how you got to $250. I appreciate that, thank you. All right, um, well basically 
the intent of this is basically to confine consistency between what is a new submittal and what would be an actual amendment. Um, the code does <laughs> define what an amendment is to a site plan, but there's areas where it's not exactly addressed as to what could be a revision, which is usually something that would be potentially smaller than an amendment. Um, so basically what we did, we worked with Department of Public Works um, and created some new categories. And I'll explain them first, but then you're, you asked specifically about the $250 mm -hmm. fee. So there's the three um, fee schedules in front of you. The first one is for residential development. That's for subdivision de development. Um, usually we don't see amendments to subdivisions per se. Usually they come in as an administrative subdivision. But we do have what would be an amendment to an easement. Uh, that would be a critical area, um, a forestation area, or a forest conservation area. Um, I believe you guys see them when someone does submit an amendment. Um, and then also for DPW, uh, for them would, it would be for engineering plans. So you're looking at a sewer plan or a, a stormwater management plan. Um, and that's just to address the fee that's not necessarily um, does not have a fee at this point in time to cover, obviously, the review of it. Um, and we base that number on um, yep. the existing fees right. that are already established. Right. But I did want to clarify one point, um, and that is that because the code isn't very clear on what these thresholds are, they're actually, we, through the years and through different staff members, we have collected fees for amendments and sometimes they've been based on a new submittal threshold because the amendments had a lot of moving parts and it was basically a new <coughs> and sometimes uh, that fee was based on the additional square footage so what we found was there was a lot of inconsistency in terms of how staff was assigning a new project or a redlined project how we were assigning those review fees. So what we wanted to do is just make it consistent, make it very clear so there's no room for interpretation so that our surveyors and consultants would know exactly um, if I have an amendment based on the way our amendments are specified in the code, then we're going to follow the usual path. But if we have a project where it's just received planning commission approval, we're coming in for building permitting, and the architect tweaks the floor area, and all of a sudden we need additional parking or a new review because there are balconies where there weren't balconies. We now have um, a minimal fee so that it doesn't have, we don't have to send it through a whole review again. We have a more expeditious and very clear, two very clear paths. Mm -hmm. Is this is this the there's more to come with these no. text amendments or citizen sponsored or, or is that dead or is that a dead it's dead okay Plan, planning commission did not approve that okay it yeah, didn't support that right. okay right thank you any other discussion all those in favor aye aye, aye. any opposed all right that passes five zero. Thank you. All right. Thank you both. Thank all three of you for That's being here tonight. Thank you. All right. Okay, commissioners, moving on. We have um, 
Item number eight, the proposed budget calendar for fiscal 24 on pages 83 and 84. I move to approve the fiscal 24 budget calendar. Second. Okay. Any discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Is there that carries? How easy is that? That was All right, Director easy. of Budget and Finance, Nicole. Stay, stay right there. We have some budget amendments coming oh, yeah. up here in just a minute. So, yeah, ask her some questions since you had to sit out here. That's right. Okay. Um, but first, we have uh, one item from our liquor board. This is um, item number nine, page 85 through 87, is a proposed amendment to Alcoholic Beverages Article 271402. This is a request from the Board of License Commissioners, our liquor board, to amend the um, that particular alcoholic beverage article to remove the county residency requirement for generally partnerships for class A licenses. And this is a, um, a result of a, a precedent case set, uh, that was set in um, a different state, so Tennessee. Tennessee. So, so this would be uh, something we would submit to the um, our delegation for consideration next session. If you I move to forward this request to our delegation for review at the 2023 legislative session. Second. Any discussion? So just for my own benefit, Chris, so something like this that's actually outside the law at this point, wouldn't it have to automatically come within the law to be able to be enforced at all? I mean, literally, if 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 without legislation, it's like illegal anyhow. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if the Supreme Court opinion does apply to that, then yes, yeah. automatic upon the opinion. Okay, it was mandated. So I guess, I guess this is really just a since they believe that the opinion applies to it, it's to clean it up to get the confusion okay. gone. Otherwise, it would wind up in court at some point. Yeah, or you could get an AG basically. opinion to say yes, it does. Gotcha. But this okay. just clears it up. Curious how that actually filters through after it's been put into law. So. Yeah. Yeah. Any more discussion? All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? All right. It's five zero. Okay, commissioners. Now we have a series of budget amendments. Uh, first, we have budget amendment CC19, Board of Education, Kent Island High School, HVAC, and General Capital. Um, this establishes additional budget authority for their high school chiller project, which came in a little over budget. And um, we are going to use fund balance to backfill that. And the second part of the amendment transfers 750000 from budgeted PAYGO to general capital projects. So those projects were closed out in FY22 as part of their restructuring capital plan for operating. So motion to approve CC19. Second. Second. Any discussion? All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? 5-0 motion carries. All right, thank you, commissioners. Item number 11 on page 89 is budget amendment CC25, emergency rental assistance. And this is for an amendment to increase spending authority in the emergency rental assistance fund. Um, basically 622,000 is available and the current budget authority is about half of that. So we're adding the additional 314,000 uh, to match the grant award for that program. I'll make a motion to approve the uh, budget amendment CC-25 where no additional county funds are requested. Second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? <coughs> All right. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Next, we have uh, item 12, budget amendment CC-26, 
Board of Education, Sellersville Elementary HVAC. Uh, similar to the earlier budget amendment, this transfers uh, additional budget authority of $64,000 from a fire alarm project to the Board of Education uh, chiller replacement. Um, ne it's necessary because that project was slightly over budget. There is plenty of uh, adequate budget authority in the fire alarm project to cover that uh, anticipated deficit. No additional county funds requested. Move to approve budget amendment CC26. Right? Second. In discussion? So the fire alarm project's getting completed, right? I mean, I'm, the that's way I'm I, reading that, that's like, I read it well, we scrapped the fire alarm to put the chiller in. I just want to make sure the fire alarm project is getting completed, right? It is. They, um, they had estimates for both projects, and there was enough after the fire alarm project was going to be completed to chill, transfer chill, those funds. Put over the okay. Yes. All right. Just the wording there was a little vague as to how they were doing yeah. that. Okay. Perfect. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Aye. Zero. That motion carries. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Next item 13 is budget amendment CC27, community partnerships, excuse me, community support. And this is to amend the budget by $55,615 in both revenue and expenses to match funding provided by the state um, community support grant. I move to approve a budget amendment CC-27. Second. Any discussion? All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0, motion carries. Okay, two more to go here. We have budget amendment CC-28, community partnerships administration. Again, to request the, uh, an increase in $12,716 in both revenue and expenses to match funding provided by the state for FY23. Motion approved CC28. Second. Any discussion? All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Zero. That one carries as well. And our last budget amendment is budget amendment CC29, Community Partnerships Transportation Voucher. And it's a request to amend the budget by $15,091 in revenue and expenses to match funding provided by state operating revenue for fiscal 23. Make a motion to approve budget amendment CC-29 where no additional county funds are needed. Second. Any discussion? All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? All right, that carries as well. Great. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you. Any last questions for our Director of Budget and Finance while she's here this evening? Nope. First one here, last one to leave. There we go. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. <laughs> All right. We have one desk item. Uh, we have a letter, draft letter from uh, Mr. Clay Washington requesting support from the commissioners for a grant from Stories of the Chesapeake Heritage Area. It's due uh, on Halloween. And the uh, Alumni Association for Kennard Elementary is seeking grant funding for the furtherance of its mission to chronicle African-American history in Queen Anne's County. I move to execute the letter of support to stories of the Chesapeake Heritage Area for funding for the Kennard Alumni Association. Second. Got a motion to second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right. That motion carries. All right. Thank you, Commissioners. That is all of the action items for this evening that I had. Roundtable. Who wants to go? For, well, nothing. Uh, Beth, do you want to press, press and public comment? comment? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, we, we took mine when we had the EDC thing about uh, last Friday's event, so. All right. Already covered it. Uh, 
just a reminder that this Friday night at 6 o'clock at Ken Allen High School in uh, the stadium is the Ken Allen High School Quinn Anne's football game Ooh. where the Superintendent's Cup is at stake and North Bayside Championship. Both teams are 7-1. Wow. Really? I would suggest if you have an opportunity Friday evening to be at Ken Allen High School for the football game. Friday Night Lights, that, just like West Texas. That you get to go down on the field, Phil? I'm going to guess there's like 5,000 people going to be there. We have some kind of nice seating. We get, uh, we get you on. must be in the front row. <laughs> That's tough because I'm a lion. My daughter is now a buck, and so. Yeah. You're living in a house divided. Actually, as oh, commissioners, we support both our high schools. So. Um, but, I, you know, the high schools. To keep PCOS, I hope County they both win. I hope they both play well. That's right. Yes. Exactly. Both play well. How the Lions win. Don't pick sides. Commissioner Wilson? Side action there, brother. Don't pick sides. Is this round table? Yes. At this point in my term, I should keep my mouth zipped. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's saving it to the last one. He's going <laughs> to. Uh, I got timer running. Uh, my turn? Your turn. Uh, we don't have a meeting. Uh, our next meeting was the 8th. It's election day, mm -hmm. so we've been moved. Our next meeting is the 15th. Uh, just tell everybody to get out and vote. Whoever you're going to vote for, but get out and vote. Don't sit on the sidelines. Vote early, vote often. Vote early, vote often. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Can you say that? Mm -hmm. um, Halloween is uh, next week, so be careful when you're out driving on the 31st that you don't, you know, keep an eye out for the kids. The, they jump out for anywhere when they're trying to get candy, so please be safe for them. Um, as Commissioner Moran said, please make sure you go out and vote. Um, educate yourself, vote, um, and uh, most importantly, be respectful of the other people who are voting. We have lots of different people, lots of different views, and that's what makes the country great. Mm -hmm. And with that, I will entertain a motion to adjourn. Go Bucks. <laughs> I make so a motion to adjourn. Second. All in favor? Aye. All right, we're adjourned.